Hey there, thanks for listening to another episode of Ross Never Sleeps on the Never Sleeps Network. I'm your host, Alex Ross. This episode, we sit down with comedian and producer Adam Powell. Adam currently produces the award-winning television show Out There with Melissa DeMarco. Melissa is a national treasure. Her show is a fun blend of local broadcasting with celebrity interviews mixed in with her docu-drama life. Adam has traveled the world working with comedians and artists. He's what I would call a producer's producer. His ability to set his mind and to achieve his goals is borderline obsessive. But for some people, and there's only few of them, that's what you need to become successful at your passion. Adam has lots of great projects on the go, including his own network similar to ours, it's called the Palmcast Network, P-A-L-M-CastNetwork.com, where his feature show, Live from My Bedroom, where Adam and his three brilliant kids interview Canadian artists. And we're talking well-known Canadian artists. Recently, just from checking out his website, I saw Carla Collins, Steve Anthony, Mark Breslin, and of course, our hosts of You Better Don't, Lisa Schwartzman and Steve Shahori. I'm also interviewed on his website as well. Another show in production that he's currently working on is called Daddy's Home, and that's spelled with a Z. Daddy'sHome.com is a great one-on-one dad-to-dad show that Adam produces with another host. And finally, he has it all under one glass ceiling, as he will. His production company is called Glass Ceiling Productions. It's always interesting to meet people as opinionated as Adam. It brings lots of excitement, and Adam is definitely one to keep you on your toes. You can find Adam performing or hosting comedy nights at Spirits on Church Street here in Toronto. This is episode 7 of RNS with my guest, Adam Powell. And what's been going on? Starting uh, in full production of the uh, the national television show Out There with Melissa DeMarco. Yeah, tell me about that. I mean, it's from what my understanding is as somebody who's watched TV in Toronto his whole life, she's kind of like a public access television host. I mean, with a little bit more flair in the sense that, A, she's been doing it for quite a long time and that prestige kind of carries over with some seniority. But at the same time, she's worked for, you know, networks within bigger networks. Like Omni, I believe, is one of the ones that she were, was I, That's how I met her. I met her when she was working with Omni because she was the lady that would give anybody a leg up. So, Rush comes to town, right? So, everyone wants an interview with Rush. And at the same time, let's say, oh, a little band called Tragically Hip Hop's in, but who wants to the tragically hip when they're just starting out and her life started with me with omni but she's an actress from riverdale if you had to make a star system for canada and you in canada don't know the name of melissa demarco canadian trivia pursuit game when they asked for the top 20 people who work in this country you would have just failed as a person in Canada. And that's the whole point of another show I work for, which is live from my bedroom. And that's all about just introducing Canadians to Canadians. They don't know who started their business. 
It's ridiculous. People just jump on into a business but don't know why they're allowed to do it. They do no research, no investigation, and they just dive in, which is nice because I'm a doer. I'm that guy. And then people say, you know, that's been done before. And I go, yeah, thanks for that. Don't you want to learn from my failures so you can be more successful? I'm like, that sounds like a plan, but you're not my mentor. Like you have to have a, a true mentor that you believe full-heartedly is going to take you to the next step, not try to trick you in the business of, I'm going to get you to work for free forever. Kind of the big problem with this business. Now, there's some people in the town of Toronto that are paying the people. And it's a new movement. And it's like the last three years. And it's a movement of people saying, you know what? We deserve to be paid. And I'm trying to be a part of that. So I'm looking for where the money comes from, which is either a, a live performance and people pay to get there like a rock star. Uh, you sell merch, things that, you know, support such a business. <clears throat> I laugh. You can start a Kickstarter for yourself, which is a charity for yourself. But if you're looking for supporters, that's what they are, right? They're supporters. So there's a, a whack of ways um, to bring yourself to the level of you can make a percentage like a manager, like an agent, like a facilitator or a producer. But since I've been in the world of producing, it's basically a guy says, I got a million dollars. If I spend $50 and make it look like a million dollars, I keep the balance. That's just, you know, that's the business. And that's in my world. That's why I'm not making a million dollars because I don't know how to do that. I'm looking for a family of people and I should make my money on the other end. Well, let's elaborate on the point you were making about how a lot of these Canadians who are artists are. All of them. All of them are at this point, every single human being that I've talked to so far. Yeah, that would be the claim to fame. I believe in the rule of the 10,000 hours. And we've talked about this before about how an artist, an expert will practice their practice for 10,000 hours becoming an expert. And that rule of thumb carries over on any type of artist comedian, actor, you know, tradesman, which I believe, you know, acting is, is it's a trade to be able to, you know, even sell a product, market a product, that kind of acting or that kind of persuasion is a 10,000 hour achievable goal. So me personally, I'm looking to find all those people who have put in their 10,000 hours. And they're out there. And they are out there. And the best part about that is they don't necessarily know how to profit or to expand from their artistry because they're so focused on those 10,000 hours to be great at something. Once they're great at it, it's hard for them to step out and go, okay, now what do I do with this skill? I mean, obviously, you know, the best musicians play in the best orchestras, the best musicians play in the best bands, the best comedians, you know, make it to the best shows in Madison Square Garden and, and what have you. But at the same time, on the lower level, on the level that say I'm starting in or have started in or have been working through for the last decade or so, you know, my 10,000 hours I've found is meeting these 10,000 hours, hurting them like the cats they are, and encouraging them to incorporate their art form through processes that are going to either help them expand as a person, as a business, as a network, and then therefore evolve their goals. You know, there's a lot of people that I deal with and that you deal with that, again, are kind of stuck in this interesting, creative whirlwind of, okay, I really want to be great at this. I have amazing opinions. My Instagram has a certain amount of followers. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm working towards uh, certain goals. But at the end of the day, my stretch, my reach is only so far. How do I expand that? Who are these other people that I'm going to interact with. And like you said, these other people are hard to come by. It's hard for these people to even meet these other people in their similar fields without people like you, without live from your bedroom. It's kind of hard to say live from 
your bedroom, but it's, it's, it, I mean, instance that your show is live from my bedroom, but it's not my bedroom. It's live from your bedroom. No, the show, my show's title, and this is where I had great interviews with a Hart Pomerantz, who is the, uh, the partner of Lorne Michaels, who started SNL because of the help of a Hart Pomerantz. So those stories exist on www.pomcastnetwork.com, which basically like this are going to be there from now and as long as I can spend the hundred dollars which costs how much the server costs to have that up and running. Uh, all the equipment that we have, you know, basically just under $1,500 for a nice of everything. You should be set up with everything you need, including laptop, if you don't go the Apple way. If you include the Apple way, about 7000 Or be Canadian and support BlackBerry and uh, eat a lot of mustard. These are my suggestions to you if you actually want to live in a country that's going to be free forever. By Canadian folks. So anyway, uh, going back to Melissa DeMarco, or we can go back to mentoring program. The problem with your 10,000 hours theory, if we ever did finish that conversation, is that if you practice something improperly for 10,000 hours, you now had to do something wrong really, really well. And that's kind of what I'm finding from people without the mentoring program, without you actually getting taken under the wing from someone at some point to show you the whole thing. So you as the new brain can see the loop because he's not trying to, he's playing by the rules and making his money. You want to know how do I find the back door to see it happen? Because that's what he wanted you as the mentor. That's why the mentoring program happens. I'm looking at the same wall for 500. There's a light switch on that wall. Thank you, my little apprentice. That's the point. We share our information. So perfect practice makes perfect. Right. If you're practicing something incorrectly, your audio levels are always wrong. Guess what? For 10,000 hours, your audio levels were always wrong. Right. Hey, did you know you're supposed to be doing this at negative 12 dB? And that's the reason if you ever did get picked up by Sirius Radio or something like that, and they wanted to use all your banking hours, if you didn't have it at negative dB, you can't be. They can't transfer any of your crap. It's the knowledge like these little tidbits that make your work while, like I have over what? Probably now over 110 hours of programming to be divided up by week at five, five, uh, three to five minute chunks. That's the idea. And people that I've attached myself to is to network because when they keep getting greater and greater and greater. And now uh, Ward Anderson just wrote his ninth book. Here it is in 2026. And I met up with him back in. Let's do a little TBT if that still does. And I have the content. I have his signature. That's the idea. And I'm here to promote him. I didn't know who he was until I found myself in a vortex of finding out who people are. And then uh, con the concept of the best. Anytime someone says it's the best, it's the best, it's the best. That's so subjective. And comedy specific. Music for sure. I mean, we're looking at something. Someone sees a dot, a, a circle, a, a, a black circle in the middle of a, of a white uh, board. And do you believe that? Isn't that structured? And I'm pretty sure you and I would look at each other and hope that the, I would be hopefully that I was medicated at the time. So at least I could find the fun in what this person is trying to bring to me. But clearly it's subjective if that's art or not. Yeah. And that's why we call artists artists. Right. So when you say the best of the best reach somewhere and I said, no, 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 no. Lowest common denominator. Everybody laughed at a very uh, harsh joke. Hey, we're making fun of the new immigrants. Let's all gather in Madison Square Gardens and sell it out for the first time. I mean, that's what happened. Comedy is, uh, hey, everybody this way and bring your sticks and pitchforks and let's go after somebody. You know, it's gathering a bunch of a sheep. Uh, not that I don't like a good comedy club, but clearly the people that go there are going there to escape. So they're there for the, the, the art of not being there, really. And I'm there to make their girlfriends giggle a little bit because when girls are laughing, somehow their panties fall off. 
Fair enough. I don't know why. I think that's part of the escapism too, to be honest. Maybe. I don't care. I don't think I care. But for sure, she's there to escape and she's escaped. And if everyone's laughing and and just like yawning, it's contagious. But no one has yawning festivals. They don't go. And if they have them, people just didn't know they were there. I fell asleep. It's like yoga. You seem so connected to lots of different fields, television production, comedy, as you've been mentioning, and now the podcast world seems to be reeling you in. You know, you seem to be uh, wanting to, you know, put your show on the map, and you have been for a few years now, and and you have the right idea about, you know, incorporating all these different um, artists. Like, you know, again, I think everything's going to circulate around, you know, Toronto artists and and how you and I are, are on similar pages in the sense that we're both trying to expose ourselves as, you know, some sort of artist. I don't know. It's hard to, for us to, to kind of pinpoint our art form all the time. And we, but we essentially work with artists who are definitely, you know, again, you know, we can refer to the 10,000 hour practice, but I think it's a lifelong journey for a lot of these people that we're actually able to sit down and pick their brains for an hour, which is exactly why I have you here. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, your background, where it all started, how, you, and then if you can connect Melissa DeMarco, if you can connect your, your, comedy worlds and we can tell the story in a, in a little bit of a chronological order. You can try. You can try. It's all actually out there. Uh, everything you've ever wanted to know about Adam Powell truly is at www.palmcastnetwork.com. That's P-A-L-M cast network. Network. Right. Palm. Com. Because I very, very quickly did not want to s- I think like the word, I'm going to right now promote something. I, I don't know how this Please, works. Yeah, no, 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 no. Poorly. No, poorly. Like, because um, I don't have another brand name to throw at you. But uh, the world will, will, will say that this is a box of Kleenex. And, and I can't want you to know that that's not a box of Kleenex. That is a, uh, a box of facial tissue. And then this person will get adamant that it's a box of Kleenex. And what country did I come from? And now he's the, that's what we call branding in the business. This person is actually going to fight for the concept that this box that contains tissue is Kleenex. That's what it is called. Where are you from? So the person that, that mentality is all around me and I'm so awake to it that I'm vibrating, not at a higher level, just the whole world stopped vibrating. Uh, everyone with an iPhone right now, if you do not have 10 phone numbers memorized, I honestly, if I was creating Logan's run again, you should be eliminated because <laughs> you're only taking up space. You're actually not functioning as a, a connect connected to the world world. You, you, you're like, what's this number? Don't care. Hey, Dave, you're, there's no connection. Um, the phone numbers used to be you had to walk 12 kilometers in that direction and take a nap halfway through so you can get to a friend's house if that was happening. A very community. What we're doing right now is we should have a fire in the middle of this because we're basically telling the story. I don't, I don't know how many hours people at home that you can just stare at a fire crackling. Hey, man, if you think I'm small-minded, I could stare at a, I could I, talking to a moron or watching the fire crackle. You know, make your – I could sit – I can't talk to a moron too long. Don't get suckered in. Someone's an idiot. You're not going to change their mind. Just say thank you and walk away. And the fire, just add another log, baby. <laughs> just add another log, baby. Uh, so, yeah. So, I do want to tell you my story, I guess, but it comes from a weird place because it's not comedy for me. It's always been a defense mechanism. When someone says I was funny, it always was, what do you mean funny? Funny like cheese? Like, honey, this smells funny. Because I know I'm not like everybody else. I, I know it when I meet people. Because they're doing something and trying to get something else done. And I've never understood what they are doing as a community. I've always been off in my own little pink sky, purple pants world. I didn't 
not that I didn't care what was going on around me. I wasn't very connected to uh, the earthling that I was. I was more very fascinated that everything's happening all at once. And there's so many other things to be thinking about other than today we're going to learn. No, 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 you know what I was thinking? <laughs> I, you know, butterscotch. What's scotch? I mean, is that scotch like my parents? And listen, we're learning about the letter A. Doesn't anybody want to talk about scotch? <laughs> so now I have to go to the, the doctor's office because I must have ADHD or something. I not, and I was never diagnosed with such a thing. But I'm saying that the world has to answer that. I mean, there has to be an answer right. for why. Why is this happening? Can we chemically strain you? And yeah, I can chemically strain you right now. I've started meds. Uh, from, from I'm on a whack of meds and they took me all off all my meds. And because they took me off all my meds, I really knew what my problem was. I'm very aware. I'm very present. I have tricked. Excuse me. I have trigger words that take me in a place that I don't like to live. I tell people don't use certain words. Certain people who are like characters in my life who like either want to see it happen, like they want to see, can I turn him into Regis or, or Gene Wilder? Like it goes from zero to a hundred. Like it's like I'm a, it's a puppet. I'm a puppet. I have no control. I, I need, I want control. I don't want to not be in control. I want to control my, uh, thank you very much, and be able to walk away from the idiot instead of clubbing him in the head. Well, you're married and you have kids. <laughs> and the clubbing reason I'm in the head. Segway. So you I, got I, kids. I'm segueing because it's funny though. That's I a just, journey. I just, beat, just beating. I'm beating a guy visually for the people at home, <laughs> and then your segue is. So you got kids. Well, you must be beating them up. My segue is because you know, for someone who's transitioned through all these processes, what are their reactions? You know, the people that see you every day, your wife especially. Right. I so mean, you tell. So very quickly, when I found out what my trigger words were, I told them what it was. I told them what things they couldn't say and the things they have to say just to make dad be a human being, not not their dad, just a human being. I'm your dad always. <laughs> just want me to be a human being. You want to settle it down? It's got to be like this. So they're doing really well. Um, I don't know why. They seem to be smarter than me for sure. Uh, all of them collectively, they, they're bilingual, if not trilingual. And, uh, and they go to several schools, uh, for other things. My, my, my oldest plays several instruments, all self-taught, if not with just a little lesson. Uh, and my, uh, my middle, uh, who, I think you've talked with Paul. Then you talked to everybody. No, you were on stop. You're on my show. I you was chit on your with show. everybody. Absolutely. I don't really know why I'm explaining. But I didn't really you. get an introduction. No, of see, who that's they part were. Of, right. I'm not too sure how to pull that off because that's intrusive. Right. That's not the joke of the show. No, I the understand. The joke of the show is that I have. Oh, I have 50 people telling me what their favorite color is, what their favorite movie is, and if I swing them together, it's hilarious. Well, and, and I'm, <laughs> we're talking about um, Adam's show live from your bedroom. No, my bedroom. Does it, see, it's like saying uh, password. Like, I'm confused. It's the name of the show. It's not, a, it's not a, that's the name of the show, live from my bedroom. Right. So the first season was live from my bedroom. Excuse me, live from our bedroom because it was actually my wife and myself talking about being married for so long. And every time we met somebody married long, we would tell them, tell people you've been married a long time. People need to know that marriage is awesome for a whack of reasons. Not only do you save on your taxes, which is an interesting place to start. When you want to turn to someone and say, holy crap, remember when? That person might remember when, you know, you're going to have, it's a history you build. I've been married, um, my mom's not going to hear this, but when she does, she really doesn't like that I say, uh, I'm a very monotonous, because that's how I get the joke out, monogamous man, that every time I looked into a woman and I said, we're going to be together, and then we, then we intertwined with coitus, 
I really did give myself. I really was present. I really was trying. Uh, AIDS really helped. Uh, you know, you could die if you have sex without a condom. Having sex with a, a piece of elastic at the end of it, I don't care how big your, your member is, uh, at some point there is going to be, uh, in, in sense, a, a, a ring around your member that's going to make it not the same experience that it was supposed to be. I don't know what I'm, you're supposed to use. I was a kid and that was it. So the feeling was just so bad that it motivated that I really want to be with someone and enjoy this experience. And death was at your door if you wanted to. It wasn't the 70s anymore. I, and I'm, uh, and I like being with just one person. It's, I like going out with one person and not looking at everybody else around me. I'm very much engaged and, and present, but that took a long time to get there because as I said in school, I was not there. I was living out of my body. I could see, auras or at least i could hear people saying stuff before they said it but i didn't hear couldn't read their minds it's you just know you can your, your intuition is so heightened because you can see that oh he's getting mad and now he's going to right you know when you're aware and you're paying attention you really if you pay attention the things you can see are just ridiculous and so then that's what i believe storytellers are we we see things that people don't see and then you have to show them that it was actually always there and then heighten that experience for uh, the people that really don't have a thought in their head that's why french movies are so interesting but not for an american audience there's not enough fireworks <laughs> but they're all the emotions are there chinese films and i say chinese i actually mean chinese like with the uh, uh putting off the different masks and how you can actually just create a whole vision i like any act that travels Dave Mary, who's the, the not the funniest uh, magician comedian in the world, said uh, the, a joke to me. And I said, that's fantastic about a guy who's like making fun of a prop act, saying, you know, carrying around a joke's a whole lot lighter than that. And he says, yeah, but this can play in Poland. Wow. And that's right. That's kind of been my whole thing. Because, you know, the language barrier. Yeah, that's right. You can play the world as a prop act. I love props. Yeah. And you can't say that and then enter a comedy club and think people are going to respect you anymore. Like, I understand the... Just remember what you just said. Like, when no, you now talk sure. to a comedian, they'll be like, oh, you're one of those. No, I know. But the same with magicians, right? Magicians are essentially a prop comic to a lot of comics. Only if they're doing comedy. What if they're doing, right. ooh, mind freak? Right, 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 like, right. Don't, don't, so, you're doing it again. And by doing it again... It makes it really easy to pigeon, to put people, put people in, a, in a package and say, that's this. Well, I'm just saying, I, I, I see how people you could. You know who Wes Zaharik is? Let's say it again. Wes Zaharik. Because you're, you're laughing, but you're scared. And it's funny, but you're scared. <laughs> is this an, an artist? Yes. And, and, and he moved to England because Canadians don't know how to treat their artists. But if you're a Canadian and you have a solid act, my friend. Yeah. Go to England. Right. Go to England. They will respect you not only with their uh, C words and such. They will love you and pay you. Right. Proper. And the word is properly because they're paying you in pounds, which is twice an American dollar, which right now is twice a Canadian dollar. Right. Right. And they usually put you up for a place to be. But I think today more than ever, the ability to tour your act internationally you know, the the ability to have access to another market via social media alone allows you to kind of build an audience or as a, even as a small time comic artist, yeah, whatever. You're right. I haven't tried. I've only tried locally because the only money that I've been able to pull are local Toronto. But then again, I'm really just talking to people local from Toronto. So it kind of sort of makes sense for that it, to be the truth. It depends on your market too. No, I want to be able to rebroadcast. Remember, the point was to right. just build content. I'm having conversations that I was going to have anyways. So, we connected because of live from my bedroom. I'm going to say it right. 
No. Well, we connected because of daddies. We connected because of Lisa. Ah, no, no. That's exactly how we connected. But it was only after fact. It was, I said, who's the, who's the funniest guy that I know? Who needs the, who's the funniest Canadian I know who's being successful and people don't know he's Canadian? Steve Shahori. Damn Skippy. Steve Damn Skippy. Damn so Skippy. Steve Shahori, uh, Shahori uh, is a co-host and co-producer of You Better Don't, which is featured on this network, which is the best name ever. I mean, just- the I couldn't most get it right during our cast because for the yeah. life of me, I couldn't wrap my head around what the- Even though I had heard every cast they had, I love the- um, It's not a dichotomy- they're not married. They don't want to have sex with each other. So it's what you can't have with the Harry Met Sally, two people who are actually friends and showing a flip side of a coin. I'm not going to say that Steve's the most feminine man I've ever met, but I'm pretty sure he can hang out with a bunch of naked women all day long without a, without a, a full on erection because uh, he is and was the director of Naked News. Yes, yes, of course. So it's a different mindset. You have to be a certain kind of person. And one day I'm going to sit Steve down like you I am with you. You can't just sit there as a director throwing fives at the people that are working for you. I would. Not and to I'd degrade be- the people at Naked oh, News. No, no, just for a joke, just once. Right. And then I'm pretty clearly going home. And where I work always, a part of my contract and writer is that I am part of the HR. Wow. Well, it has to be. because That's I, an interesting clause. Well, think about that. Well, I mean, as you and I are of similar non-filter-esque people. We kind of say what we do and do what we say without thinking sometimes. I mean... Yeah, that's right. We call that no tact. Right. Well, I mean... You can call it whatever you like. Or lack of shame, you know, like I mean... Chutzpah, if we're both Jewish. Chutzpah, which is true. I mean, it's it's amazing when you're a kid and you, you learn that if your mother laughs after she's mad at you, she's going to be a little less mad at you. And that kind of carried throughout my, you know, working uh, the rooms of my school and whatnot. You learn that people are generally a little bit more... Uh, you're shaking your head. No, because yeah. no, because well, you. I love your story. I'm just. It's not my story. So we can continue right. with well, your story. You know, my story is the opposite of that. I feel that there's two types of people that I generally work with: people that understand, people that don't have a filter, and and can you know. They don't have a filter. They can no, brush it no, off. No tact. Right. And a, then there's A-type personalities. And then there's people who get really offended really easily and can't process. Okay, maybe this person, you know, maybe this person was thinking creatively at this moment or was caught up in a situation. And, you know, there's a little bit of a lenience when it comes to working with creative types and people who are like us, who have lots of chutzpah. And I tend to work with those people because I feel more comfortable. And when I'm more comfortable, I'm able to express myself more comfortably. I noticed my microphone has a... A screen on it? Well, a screen would have made me say that, that does the windsock replace a screen? So, the windsock does help with the peas popping. No, so this I understand. But this also would then say that a dampening takes place that you're excited about because you didn't hear shh the whole time. But a screen just makes it so you're at the right distance of peas popping versus- It's a little bit of and everything. Spitting, and spitting on the well, mic. Well, that's right? just it too. Yeah. It's a little bit of, of a protector. Who washes these things? I'm never- uh, I mean, I-, I- <gasps> I sometimes uh, there you go. That's for Jason Rouse. Whenever he shows up, <laughs> <laughs> you know he's down throated. Every he's deep throated. I say down throated. Who cares? I he every microphone in Toronto. If you put a microphone to your face and you're in Toronto, it has been inside the orifice. Is that part of his act though? Because I know he's like a. I've seen <laughs> Is that him. part of his act though. There's something very awesome about that question. You need to reach out to him because I believe he's in town yeah, once in or town, twice a yeah, year. For, no, no, no. He's been doing – he was in no, town. twice a year. He, no, he's – but he is also a European phenom. Is he really? 
had no well, idea. I don't need the, I don't, you know, I'm not here to educate you on a, on a scene. Well, Jason's also- and if I am, then as I should call a, this the scene with Adam Powell. Jason's a great comic for what he Facebook, does. If you type out Facebook right now and you, and you see where he is, people from his Finland and Sweden and Amsterdam and all those others- He's Canadian. How do you mean by that? Like he's from Toronto. Well, no, he's from, I think- I, I, He's I, from I, the outskirts of Toronto, I'm sure. No, no. Well, I know where he's from. I've been- Here's the thing. People from Hamilton really aren't from Canada, really. True, right? Okay. I don't know about that. <laughs> okay. So, that was Fair funny. Enough. I'm just trying to Yeah, no. Silly. That's a good joke. But- yeah. Um, yeah. He's from the Hammer. Okay. So- And he has the craziest following in the Hammer. So big, in fact, that if you look at the comedy at the Hammer, people are outside of themselves. I know a guy who's over 200 pounds who takes his shirt off and dances, and he feels free enough to do that because Lenny Bruce lived in his town. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like Fair. someone, someone, someone raised the bar to I'm going to jam this microphone. Well, I would connect Jason to the same time period as like Tom Green in Ottawa. So similar time period as you know, Jason was becoming a popular grotesque comedian. He's very you know, no, the word vulgar, is vulgar, yeah, okay, vul- maybe not grotesque. He owns, no, he owns this. So he is, he is the he's Satan's baby. Like he he wants a dead baby in both hands with blood dripping down and go happy Valentine's. But he's like worse than rated R. Like I'd say. No, yeah, he's the XXX. Show. Yeah, he's yeah. an XX. That's when I. That, yeah. I, I he's not. Mean, I don't mean grotesque in a bad way. No, no, it's a it's a genre. It is a genre. I, I'm pretty sure I've seen other people do grotesque comedy. I don't think he's he the is only definitely one. Definitely the king. You know, Ooh, of, of Canada. Oh, did, of that. Did you hear that? Listen, I would say. I would say. Listen, Tom Green. And well, Jason, Tom Green is, is, is um, Tom Green, I wouldn't call it, I mean, that vomiting thing was so awesome. It was so funny. Okay, you're right. He will take it to the next level, but what he pranks his parents. Here, Jason Rouse has never pranked his parents. Jason Rouse. I'm just saying actuality, they're different. Not, no, see, they're so different. In fact, I don't even know what to say to you. Uh, Jason Rouse uh, is an act. Tom Green is a psychopath. Every single word Jason Rouse utters on stage is written down. Wow. He came from Humber College comedy he honed a craft and became funnier than everybody in nine months because he's a unique here boys and girls out there you have to follow someone first to get your baby steps you got to do these i'm going to call them ten thousand hours for no other better word it's a good it's a good number it's an arbitrary number it's not actually a real number kids so out there get to do what you got to do but then at some point if you don't feel yourself walking on your own two feet if you're constantly leaning left and leaning right and oh crap that's a lenny bruce stroke oh crap that's a bill hicks joke this ain't for you. Maybe you're, you should be a set builder. I'm just saying you want to be in the business and it takes a team. It, look at the credits at the end of a movie. It takes a, 10,000 people, a hundred, you know, a thousand people, a hundred people for a mini production. How many university takes the whole class? They divide them up, right? It takes a bunch of people. You got to get people who are in the same mindset, in the same likeness, and then you build something. And there's this crazy movie about if you build it. That's the problem with this whole thing. I have the voice, you have a voice, and I can find 10 others that have our voices. And I, I wanted to collectively move us together. But because we're all doing, the reason we're doing it the way we're doing it is because we're doing it. Well, I mean, you and I are obviously trying. I know, but how do we connect, right? right. Just I mean, connect. Yeah, because the partnership has to be Never Sleeps Network and Palms. Yeah, Palm and I missed productions. And I'm more interested represents. in that. I'm more interested in that than, than being a lone wolf. I mean, I wouldn't have started my network to have this kind of incorporation with all these other people. If I didn't think I would be 
working towards something that I could share in the first place. But I mean, I, I wouldn't have done it if I didn't think, you know, it wouldn't get to a point where I need all these hands on deck. I feel like if I were to go in, in this on my own and then it would get bigger, it would be too much for me to take on by myself anyway. I decided that every person that does it wants to be a producer themselves. That's why they're doing it. And I thought that's the, the network I was going to get. And I talked to everybody. And out of the everybody, five of those everybody's have started their own network, including uh, Yuck Yucks. I mean, Yuck Yucks sure. now has their own podcast yeah. starting up. But I'm pretty sure when I was like, hammering at them that you got to do this and you should have your own it's a good idea we need a network of it though so you can then go scroll through to find you know your own absolutely and then let the cream go to the top because whoever gets the ten thousand subscribers those people are telling you who they want to see they're telling you who they want the problem is subscribers is that you have to my mom and my dad aren't clicking what i need to click the people who love me aren't clicking what they need to click. You really have to become something that people who you don't know sought you out. Because the people who love you, love you. I mean, and they're not clicking, I love you. I mean, I I, I know what you do. I follow you because I follow you. But they're not clicking the buttons. So social media is for the people who are already successful and they're trying to maintain. Meaning, this week I'll be playing here. That's what Twitter should have been for and it was. And now it, it um, I'll make a call. It, it has to die. I'm not a life. big Twitter guy. No, you shouldn't have been because it's stupid. With a capital shit. But I do like Facebook. No, Facebook is what it was supposed to always be. I don't know where- But it's you, oversaturated. Where were you in 2007, where this- No, 2006, where it went, bling, hi, for $30 a month, I can tell you what your high school friends are doing. Bling, hey, two of your high school friends just committed to spending $60. Bling, hey, don't you want to say hello to everybody who's going to your university or your whatever- What was that thing called again? I don't care. Yeah. And then, bling, Facebook for free. Same people there. right. right. How do you say click? So anyway, that's why I ended up there and everybody there. I went through my my hundred friends that I remember and I called them friends just because that's what Facebook calls them. Sure. Kids from school, click on them and then click on what they had and that's my 412. And then the people who I've met, I guess it was actually 360 something. Then the rest have been, now you. I mean, I have to punch you in the face to get a like on my page. Mm -hmm. What the hell is that? Don't you like me? I do. Why didn't you press like? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. And I don't like using social media for that reason e- either. For every one person that presses like, I'm telling you with my numbers, there's a hundred people that are actually listening. Right. That's the number. It's I, stupid. I know. And, it, and, it's, and it's hard to use that as a good indicator of, of your, you know, your art. You know, it, it's always been one of those things as any artist goes through. Sometimes you just have to focus on your art. And if they, all these things will kind of align accordingly. But again, talking about this network thing, as a producer, going in by myself, there's not really much to produce other than myself. Well, you're right. So, right. I know you came from Humber, and I'm trying to figure out what- Ryerson. Oh, crap. That's so, okay. I, I kept saying your bedroom. That, that's true, I guess. And it's a school. It's like your alma Who gives it? But they have a comedy. We just talked about Jason Rouse. That's I do like the Humber comedy program. Well, that, no, Very that's impressive. why I said Humber. Yes, but Ryerson is for the production side. So- so always wanting to be a radio guy, you called in, as you told me, uh, to talk to Howard Stern, who's, who's, who's a motivator, to, to have you behind the mic. His father was in radio. His motivator was, he's uglier, uglier than sin and couldn't get anyone to look at him. And he's honk, honk, wee, which isn't your thing. You appreciate comedy, but I don't think you're, you're not trying to do comedy. You're trying to wake people up. Like, wake up, San Francisco. And today I have Adam Powell here who, who's trying to educate you on Canadians about Canadians. Also, a little interesting fact, he brings his kids in to ask interesting questions and 
people who have the worst dirty mouths in television and comedy are talking clean to kids. I was trying to talk as clean as possible when you interviewed us. See that? It's a different attitude. Online, so the way I'm promoting my uh, tab, because that's what it is, right? It's a tab open on Windows. (laughs) So the way I'm trying to promote my tab, uh, just like in Toronto, let let us be your other radio station from from the hammer. Let this be the other tab you have open on your computer. So when your kids come into the room, I, you know, I know what you're actually doing on the computer, but don't let the kids know and flip over to the other tab, which would be the palmcastnetwork.com. And it's kid friendly stuff that you can run for, as I just said, 72 hours, sit in the corner, and then you can go back to your pornography. I appreciate the intelligence of young children these days because I don't think I was ever that smart. I'd like to think I was that smart. Your children are wise beyond your years and my years. Um, but, wise beyond my years. <laughs> but, you know, it's nice to see kids today who have access to technology who are still kind of going beyond that, who are able to communicate with their fellow child. I mean, as I've seen in my last, you know, decade of seeing my friends have kids, Kids and all these kids starting to grow up, they're all kind of glued to cell phones and they're glued to their iPads and they don't really have this communication bond between them and other children unless those other children are watching them play on their iPads and watching them play on their tablets. It's very strange to see young children interact today because of a child myself, not of the technological age, we played baseball, we played on the street. You know, I think I was of the last children's generation to actually in interact with a lot of kids at once no 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 i i I don't know where you live it sounds like you live in a city (laughs) no 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 no. i understand i live in a a suburb so all the kids go to a park and there'll now be 50 to 100 kids starting a game doing a thing do you still see that of course in your suburb because okay here's the thing kids if you're by kids i'm talking about anybody under 40 if you are going to have a family and you want to have city living, make sure you're somewhere where basically you're in a, I'm going to call it a roundabout or a cul-de-sac, something where you're not, you're, you have to be able to let your kid out your front door or at least have a sweet backyard like a big dog. I was a cul-de-sac kid. Well, no, this is it. No, see, that's what you didn't tell the people at home. But basically, not everywhere is a cul-de-sac where you get to basically have a free play zone because cars are like, ah, oh, crap, I'm in the wrong place. Right. Or they know they're in a cul-de-sac and they can see the kids. It's it's not here. I'm pretty sure kids get hit fortnightly at some point. For- Fortnightly. Yeah, I can't help myself. Hence, fortnightly. I like me some words. Man, I'm feeling like Satchmo, a Jewish Satchmo. I know. I told you it was a little stuffy in here. Yeah, today. but I didn't know you were. It's, it's, it's the summertime. I have to close oh. the windows because we are in downtown Toronto. So yeah, it, would be, it would be noisy. It would be so noisy. And yeah, I have I, to turn off the fans. That yeah, fan is pretty sound uh, free. But again, back to your kids. I'm, and I'm glad that you're, you're, you're telling me this because I don't see it enough being in the city. But again, I drive into the suburbs every week and I still don't see it a lot. Um, I, my parents live up in Thornhill slash Markham and, you know, I pass by parks. Parks and I pass. I mean, uh, granted, it's Friday afternoon, but still, like, I mean, you would- oh, you're, just, you're a crazy person. So yes, yeah, so the little rascals didn't go to school that day. Uh, but yeah, right. so Friday afternoon they're at school. Uh, there's a time frame from when you'll well, see. Well, I mean, like after three o'clock. After to me, yeah, yeah still yeah. there's snack time. So you have the going home and coming back, or you have there's certain times in your day that the uh, let's call them the daycare workers. They come with a pack, right? Two daycare workers. One daycare worker can have five kids. Two daycare workers has ten kids. You know? So five daycare workers show up at a park. There's 25 kids at the start, right? And it's only four parents or five parents, right? Sitting around while that's going on. So yeah, I suggest if you're going to have kids, look at an area for first good school, second parks and rec. So you don't uh, think kids can go no, up downtown? I, they can. They certainly can. 
They certainly can, but you're going to get a certain, you're going to get a certain type of kid that you're going to have to walk them to their jungle gym. Like you're going to have to take them to a place. There will be activities that, that you're paying for. Is that a safety thing? Is that a safety thing? Or is that kid, the parents that are in these downtown busy neighborhoods feel like they don't necessarily have to. Where's the jungle gym? I know there's one on right. Lakeshore. Where, where I need the... one that I can do like this and get a physical right. activity. It's about running around at schools. And I'm, I kid you not. Set education's allowed, but they're not allowed to run in the park. My sons aren't, weren't allowed to play. No running at the jungle gym. What the hell is the jungle gym for? I'm having a problem. Reading, writing, and arithmetic? You can't even do scripture anymore. There's, there's no, the people aren't writing anything anymore. There's, it's gone. Cursive's gone. Are you- reading, writing? Writing is gone. They've taken away one of your W's. But we have sex education. That's fantastic. Uh, are all your kids in public school? No, uh, you can call it public school, sure. But uh, because I, I don't have the funds, and if I did, I would put them in private really? school in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. Not only are you paying for a better education, you're paying for them to have the friends of people who are having a better education. So now their friends are going to be the doctors and the lawyers and the people who have this otherworldly way of living their life, not, I can't wait to accept my welfare check. Well, I mean, that's a pretty broad statement. I'm just saying. Well, I don't know where your public school is, but uh, I'm in Lauren Park. Right. I see so what you're saying. It's so based on it's, your it's, area. It's a joke at that point, right? Even the people in Lauren Park are pulling up in their BMWs. You know, but the guy who went to the private school has two Lamborghinis and a Ferrari. In his. I live in a neighborhood where people got money. Uh, my kid just had a birthday party, and I don't think I give more than 25 bucks for a birthday gift. Nor I, should you, it, right? I, I don't know. but my And some kids are like, don't bring a gift. Do a donation. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, it's because the kid has everything already. Okay, you can't buy fair. this kid something. The kid owns and has well, everything you already. You know, after doing an interview with your kids on Live from My Bedroom on the Palmcast Network. Right. Actually, at this moment, the name of that season, and we're just wrapping up that season. I have two more shows. Your show was the week. If you listen right now on, if you listen right now, you're talking. If you were to click right now on the Palmcast Network, you would actually, am I, am I listening to Not the NSN? full episode, though, but a full, but like well, a, no, a five-minute so clip, yeah, right? But that, that, for me, is an episode. That is it. That's yeah, what it's I. Excellent. Thank you. And that's what I wanted to present, which was you promoting yourself and being interesting, and of course having. I'm going to call her your product, just because that's Fair. how it was. No, and it's very raw, and it, you're asking all the right questions. And the fact is, your kids are brilliant, and, I, and I'm not just and I'm not just saying you. that. But um, I'd love to know what's what's the secret. Is your is your wife a super genius? Yes. Yeah, no, she no. We have no genius in the family at all. But what you have is kids that see uh, cause and effect, and and it's not called routine. It's called schedule. You can't have a stringent routine so the kids are whichever, but if you don't have any type of schedule, you're messing up your kids for life, for life. And when I see parents making that big mistake, because my wife made this happen, so she's the genius in my world. I am not a genius at all, except for when it comes to seeing things that people don't see. But I'm a storyteller, and then you become a philosopher, and that's the part where either you're going to go to school now and become that philosopher, and a lot of uh, stand-up performers, monologists do, and so that that is your English lit coming out. Like, that is you now spewing out all this information. I mean, Derek Edwards, oh, you know, it's like playing chess with Rommel. You know, it's he's, you have to be educated. You have to have some thoughts in your heads. And if you don't know who Derek Edwards was, that was a damn good impression. I must say that <laughs> so time <clears throat> management, is that what, the key to the scheduling? Like these kids develop this ability to right. prioritize? Well, well, you start at the beginning, right? A kid doesn't have anything for 20 minutes to 45 minutes. This is it. So every 20, you need, you need, a, move them to another activity every 20 minutes. Really? That frequent? 
Uh, yeah, um, and just recently I learned that your brain, your mature brain isn't fully mature until you're 26. So the 19-year-old that you're trying to give, he's now an adult, why is he still acting like a 19-year-old right. at 26? Science said, well, here's the reason. And by the way, the 26-year-old still needs 12 hours sleep. But no one's getting that. We're not really doing it well for ourselves. We're packaging our... No, I'm going to just... I went off into a tangent. I, I don't want to have a tangent of, of raising kids, but I do have another show called www.daddyshome.com, which is three hours of late night chit chat of a man who's the host of the show. I'm, I'm just the producer um, and a voice in the dark because radio, you can't stop talking. And when someone does, uh, I'm there. I also brought something to Volition that I thought was interesting. Um, for those who don't know, um, Out There with Melissa DeMarco has no laugh track, even though it is now considered a comedy. And I believe uh, we were before uh, Corner Gas and we were the first Canadian show to never have a laugh track. I like track. that. I do. I don't like laugh tracks, but I what I do like about... The radio show, Daddy's Home, is it's people being really interesting. The first hour is just getting to know who we're talking to. And it's, it's interesting, but it's not funny. Other than Jason, uh, uh, Jason Freddie Fredrickson, who's from Calgary, a Yuck Yucks comedian. You're a co-host on that show? Not a co-host. He's the host. Uh, he's the host and I'm facilitating right. him. I chase, produce. I'm just sitting there when he, if there's a ball that's dropped, I'd rather every sound clip be him talking to someone and my voice is never heard. But I'm it just, is heard. I, I can't shut up. Uh, I should start a show called Get a Word in Edgewise with Adam Powell. <laughs> and I should pretend, <clears throat> ladies and gentlemen, today we're here with Mike Tyson. So Mike Tyson, uh, before you start, and then I would just talk for an hour. Sorry, we had no time for Mike Tyson. Okay, so tune in next week. I think I got, uh, I'm going to kill you. I mean, that's a great I'm gonna, I'm comedy gonna eat, bit. I'm going to eat your ear off and then I'm going to kill you. you I, no, it's got to be, be everyone I can do an uh, a mimicly impression of it. Because they don't have to be there. No, you know what? Listen. I was on city TV and I was insulted and now I come here and you don't even talk to me. CB24, but who's, who's, uh. Whoever watches that. And then Steve Anthony's next week. If you don't watch CB24, you won't know that name other than if you watch much music or you had a television. Steve Anthony's coming on to, uh. He's on already. We did it. It was a beautiful thing. Oh, great. Uh, he talked to my children live from my bedroom. That'd be the second last episode of live from my bedroom online and that's the fourth season i had to change it every time to stimulate who was i going to talk to the truth is is that i wanted to find you last season the goal was was to find 13 palm casters people who can use a pc and they don't use the uh how can i say the word there's a tune channel that has a letter before it that you can go for audio things that you'd have to be attached to, which I am not. I'm pretty sure I could actually triple and, and quadruple my listenership by just having that available. I'm pretty sure that platform works that way. Yeah, I need to it not to exist. I don't want to support it. Yeah, I, you were saying before you're not a big, you have disdain for I for have Apple. a problem with people not thinking for themselves. Right. And I'm really concerned for the whole world now because the whole world said, we are drones. And now I can't trust anybody because 2% of the people are doing 99% of the work. So I get it. And now I'm, I'm just, you can always tell when you're walking into the person that's, he's not, he's taking up space. They're not moving anything forward. People are just passing the envelope. Like literally middle management went away because that's actually all they really did. You know, it's, it, the world is a scary, scary place. Where was I was at the CNE with my kids and I said, I raised my hand at the milking barn and went, Hey, that's a great machine. Um, so how long would it take to milk by hand? Well, I don't know. I'm a fifth generation milk farmer. I don't do not know how to milk a cow uh, by hand. And then I went, okay, we're screwed people. Our Armageddon's are here. I don't know what to say. These machines stop working. People, the people who actually know how to milk a cow well, don't know how to milk a cow. How does this phone work? 
I don't, I, I pressed on and it's not, oh, I'm sorry, I'm yelling. I apologize. <laughs> I, I'll stand up. I pressed on. I can't believe I pressed on. My point is, is that people are losing, uh, five people read a book and now you're a professor. That's how it works. If you can understand the book, you can now teach the book. But you're, you're, you're crossing many paths here. You're saying, you know, this is from the idea that because I'm purchasing an Apple product, therefore I can't think for myself. Therefore, somebody who uses technology for something that we did, you know, many years without, therefore doesn't know how to do it. You know, I get it, but I giving up all this freedom that used to be yours, all this time that your brain had to use. And now if you do not know, uh, you know, pi all the way down to like the last number. What are you doing with your brain? But isn't brain? there some sort of sense that we have this ability to adapt, whether it's technology or lack thereof? Human beings. Right. So this fifth generation milker. Mm, who doesn't know how to milk Who doesn't cow. know how to milk a physical cow personally. A physical cow. The milker will eventually learn and adapt no. to milking that no, cow. No, I'm pretty sure he'll sell the farm like every other farmer in this country of Canada because he does not know what he's doing. And he'll sell the delicious acreage probably to America by accident because there'll be some kind of shield of looking like they're PepsiCo, which again, if you drink a PepsiCo product, you're basically saying death to humanity. I'm not wrong from saying that that is a, quite the stretch from somebody who can purchase an Apple product. Oh, no. PepsiCo. I, I right. just slammed PepsiCo there, we there go. too. All the way to, from Apple to PepsiCo. Yeah, no, for sure. I got to get my blood work done. Here's the thing. Uh, I really did want to talk to a bunch of people that do what we do. Right. And maybe my next generation will be that. Like maybe I, I'm finished. As I said, my next episode is uh, Steve Anthony, CP24. And then after that, I don't know how I got in, but I have a chat, not an interview, but then he sent me an email saying that was the best interview he's ever had which I will take to the bank because I'm not an interviewer. Uh, and uh, it was all a chit chat uh, to John Rollins, uh, the guy who took the picture of David Bowie in the Archer pose. 450 million views of such picture. And uh, it was there for a uh, donation and auction uh, while I was at this party. And so I went down to the rdcmusic.ca. It's a studio uh, in Mississauga, which is available for rent and for production. He's a producer. He produces all the, all the music, if not most of the music. Um, and, uh, sorry, produces um, some of uh, the first two seasons was all his music. All Ron, Ron's music at RDC, uh, a music for out there productions. And, uh, and the theme songs is, and, uh, it was a great party. They had a live stage show, but anyway, John Rollins. So I'm on my birthday, July 17th, and that will be the, uh, the end of season four live from my bedroom online. And I'm thinking my next program, I'm actually looking at the things right in front of me of what it should be. It was either talking to people like you, like being very specific and then taking you out of your element doing something that we, we wouldn't normally do. And then because we are people who can tell a story and communicate, we should be able to play theater of the mind better than two layman's. Which interests me. I'm interested in that. So what I'm suggesting to us is that we create 13 locations for which we can set this up in 15, 20 minutes and have such conversation. But our guests is the room. I like that idea in the sense that the room itself is going to spark all of it, the history of it. If the owner's there and they want to chit-chat, not too much thank you and go back to work because we're not here for that. We just want the space. The noise of the background. I want the space. No, I don't want the, you to close the window yeah, maybe. Exactly. I mean, But we need to be able to hear ourselves. That's very This American Life. I don't know what that means. So This American Life but is- But I'm Canadian, so we right. call it This Canadian Life. That's right. Can we? Because I'm going to write that down. Like, will they Well, maybe. It's an NPR kind of- They're one of the the fathers of the podcast realm, Who's I the father say. of a who? who? Ira Glass. See, Ira Glass is not the p- p- anything to me. Ira Glass- That's so interesting that you, you have no idea who this no, no, person is. No, no, because Joe Rogan. Yeah, right? yeah. Before who? There wouldn't be Joe Rogan without Ira Glass. Ah, 
Today I learned about Lenny Bruce. So this is the reason why we have these conversations. So now I'm going to waste probably about 60 to 100 hours yeah, you, you'll, listening that, to Ira Glass. If it's not more because yeah. Ira is the, one of the reasons why I got into podcasting. He's the one that got Ira Glass and This American Life, which is the NPR kind of mecca. You know what? Oh, I, no, I do know it. I know you know who it is. No, no, no. I never listened because I decided just like when I got into comedy, uh, you can't. You can't watch a bunch of sitcoms. You can't watch Jerry Seinfeld. You can't. Where's the authentic you? You're still going to be, you're, go, you're really going to be walking through osmosis and you're not going to know what was yours. This is why yours. I can never be an artist in, in, in the grand scheme of things. I'm so influenced by. No, no, you're allowed to be influenced, but right. as long as you take it through your own unique voice and clearly you're not dot for dot, that was it, sure. this person, something or other. But imitation is flattering. But no, no, to a no, certain it's not degree. imitation. It's, it has to be in the, in the, you have to own it. Swallow the word and say it in French so it doesn't sound so bad. Homage. Which is French for stealing. Homage, for sure. For sure. And, <laughs> really, I can get away with again, all that? Imitation, I am sweating. Homage. I am sweating well, with you're, a guy you're a who has no dude. money and the mortgages do. You're, you're a passionate I'm a Jewish, passionate I'm a, guy. I, I'm a Jewish fat guy. Um, I'm not even... Yeah, no, that, that's... <laughs> anyway, I'm really... We've gone. This whole interview has been been quite the tangent. I, I really wanted to touch on. Uh, I will very quickly tell you. I started yeah. off very quickly when I was eight years old, wanting to direct stuff. I wrote a script. I I had a video camera in 1979, one of the first ever. I was shooting stuff. I, I got footage for me doing it. I love being in front of the camera and on front, in front, in front of the camera and behind the camera, always both. The problem with comedy is, is that it's my defense mechanism. Like I told Mark Breslin, I'm not trying to be funny. I'm seeing what is not being seen by everyone in the conversation and then saying it. It just always seems to have that skew. And if I want to say something that's so poignant, if you add the oddity of it. See, I'm weird. But when people say, man, you're weird. I stop them very quickly because weird is not a, that is not a descriptor that I want to walk around with. Hey, Adam, that guy's weird. No, please describe that to me. And my, my nieces and my little people in my life and old people both. I'm interestingly weird. Great. So I'm interestingly weird. And that is, for my world, is called unique. And so from that point on, I think I went to high school and I took all the drama and English courses you could take in grade nine and grade 10, but still stayed till OAC, which doesn't exist anymore, which was a grade 13, which doesn't exist anymore. So, um, and I, I left high school early needing five credits because it was basket weaving. They literally wanted me to take basket weaving courses. So I did them online and then I became a mortgage broker. I started working for a mortgage mortgage financer working for a mortgage broker and i invested my money interestingly i bought a tomato farm and then i sold the tomato farm and bought a house and rented out every room in the house and then uh, i became a salesman basically performing his sales like a hi my name is and i'm here to do it's you know you're performing the part of even when i became a waiter i was performing the part of but i could couldn't stop talking you can't a true salesman has there's an art form to that there is, there is. And so I'm an opener, not a closer. I clearly don't know how to put the pressure on people. I don't like applying that pressure, but I'm a very good opener. I will, uh, I will spend all day and get you a hundred leads, a hundred names, which gets 10 leads every day. Sure. I can start conversations with anybody. And I think that's where you and I kind of see our similarities. Yeah. So then I uh, got married and then I forgot what I was doing in life. And then I went to community theater and I stayed in community theater. I got married really early. I was 18. And I stayed in community theater because so, I need the work to make a living because I, you know. And so I stayed in community theater right up until uh, I decided that uh, the comedy stages, you get to be your own writer, producer, director, and it's everything. 
And people were saying, you know, you're really, you're funny. You should do it. And I was like, and I take that as an insult, of course, because I'm just being defensive. That's where it's, when someone says, yeah, you're being funny. I never took that like, ha ha. And so later on in life where I maybe at 25, I think it was 25 where I said, maybe I haven't, maybe this interestingly weird thing that I got going on is enough. Because I'm a singer, songwriter, performer. I play guitar. Uh, I have a band called Hot Mustard. And I, I, I perform. No, you're not going to get nearly not even listening anymore. And uh, I play with some guys. That yeah, listen to your band. Hot Ketchup. Shut up. No, swear to God. Hot Mustard should clearly open for Hot well, Ketchup. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, so I'll be, so wherever you're performing next, I'm opening yeah. for and you. And we're like a comedy band. Like yeah, we, same we, here. we try to make each other laugh. Yeah, that's what I do. That's what we do. So I'll open up with Hot Mustard. Sure. Uh, I'll be Hot Mustard in the Blazing Buns. Nice. Yeah. yeah. That, I can't believe that's actually true. It isn't. So, um, so I tour, uh, as a performing person and I was one of five people in Canada when I, when I was doing it, uh, I got my, uh, comedy now special, a national television show in 99. And then that's when the tour. Is it a half an hour bit? Uh, no, hour? actually it was an, it, it was an, here's the thing. They're going to pay you the same money for a half hour or an hour. So for 30 minutes, I gave them my material for the other 30 minutes. I gave them unusable shit that I was talking to the audience. Did you hear that? Millen Sharples? Did you hear that? My friend? So I, I didn't understand why to give them an hour. It made zero sense. There was no more money for the hour than there was for the half hour in my contract. So I said, so all you really need is 22 minutes? Yeah. Well, then not too sure. I'll sing my song. I'll tell my three jokes. And I'll, uh, there were 600 people in the audience. There were three other acts on that stage that night. I was to open. But because all the uh, people in the audience were there to see me, they asked me to go next because everyone would then leave. Did, is that clip available online? I don't even know what that means. Like, could I watch that the somehow? Comedy now? It's, yeah. Yeah, it's, on, it's still airing. Like, I just got my check for three, uh, $34, I think it was. Sweet. Yeah, so it's still airing on the Comedy Network. Great. Yeah, 34 bucks. Do you not have an online link to that? You haven't found one? I I, I have it. I mean, I, yeah, I had a VHS. On, can you put it on YouTube? I don't think so. I think it's licensed material. Really? They'll, 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 they'll crack it down. I think really you can though? buy it. I don't I, know. No, I think you can buy it. If you go to SFA uh, uh, Productions, you can purchase my... My half hour special, which uh, again was 600 people, which was my the front row. <laughs> I just flash back to the same thing. It's my great aunts and uncles. Cool. Front row. And I'm, and I'm telling dirty jokes. What venue? Uh, the, Ma- the Masonic Temple. That was at the Masonic 880, Temple. At, at 880 at uh, 880 in there. Uh, and um, Church and... Uh, I don't know, Church of anything, but I thought it was church. on... Uh, uh, so uh, basically after figuring out that I uh, needed an, another outlet, uh, I went to comedy. Uh, but I would never, I tried stand up, but I'm not, I'm an entertainer. I'm a performer. My card would say a performer, producer, and papa. I'm a full time father. I'm a part, full time performer. And I'm a part time person who needs to make money. My wife is also a part time person that needs to make money. Uh, she, uh, I didn't have my cards, so I brought you her cards. Sweet. I'm actually so fascinated by who your your woman your woman in your life is. The woman in your life. Yeah, is. she's great. Uh, she's the one percent of the one percent of the one percent of the one percent of the people in the hair care industry. Is she- this why your hair always looks so good? Thank you, brother. Uh, did you hear that? Uh, by the way, that's hair by Heather four one six six one six nine three one nine. Available with her own studio to cut your hair, color, or wig in any fashion or form. Please give her a call. And she does hair parties and wedding parties. Yeah, I she can only like, imagine what a hair party is. Oh, I can. I know what a hair parting is, but a hair party, <laughs> not so much. Yeah. Oh, are we laughing at that dirty joke? That was not bad. That was pretty good. My kids could good. be in the room for that, yeah. and actually, not a clue. See, that's my problem with your kids and the interview from uh, live from my bedroom online. Did you listen back to it and see I that did. actually what was said wasn't what you thought was said, and they weren't listening to what you think they heard? Well. 
they are they have no idea they're, what they're what at the age yeah, but they got where they're just delivering right they right. kind of don't process it all completely right and that's also what makes it a good conversation because right. they don't really care no, but no they do yeah you know what i mean they don't care in the sense that like well they didn't think is this an appropriate question is this the right question they're like no i want to know this this yeah. is exactly what i need to ask yes he's i think my my uh my second oldest samson is actually listening and engaged he asked the question and actually after the answers said something after hearing it where my oldest clearly wanted to make balloon animals play music and do magic sounds like you growing up <clears throat> i don't want to do magic wow. my, my father wanted to do magic I was taught how to play the guitar when I was 12 years old, and then I surpassed the person who taught me how to play, and then after that, I'm addicted. I'm sitting in a room playing guitar. People are like, hey, you know this song? I don't know. Sing it, and then I could play it? I don't get it. Like, I don't even understand it. Someone just hum, it's on the radio, I'll stop playing along with But what's you on see the radio. yourself in all your kids. You must see a little bit of- Okay, I tell my wife, if this was 600 years ago, the first one looked just like her, so I would have sold that one. The second one, I don't know who he looked like, so clearly she had sex with the next door neighbor. And then the third one looks just like me. I would have kept the third one. Killer. Isn't there, that okay? Yeah. And there, I, I, I'm, I'm interested to uh, learn more about your dynamic at home and, and you as a person. We should definitely have you on again. Um, you know, just to close up, our interview, I'd love to just know where you're going now. What, what What's the plan? What's, you know, short-term goals, you know, long-term goals? Where do you see yourself, you know, in the next few years as far as work? Right. So, in 2028, uh, I'll be touring uh, with an RV company, um, promoting probably just like this because it's something that can move anywhere that has Wi-Fi. You might see me in a McDonald's. So, say hello to me in 2028. And um, I was on the road for so long that I said, this is a weird way to live People who I like are dying. People uh, who I like are not with me. I am on the road. I am by myself. And I love myself. I can hang out and watch myself all day long. But I think I'm missing the part where there's other people. So I came back home because I think you really need to travel uh, if you're going to be uh, a, a performing performer. You can't just stay in one spot. So I'm using all my other skills uh, as a performer, um, as the director, as the writer, as the producer, and um, not as much in front. And that's, I think, why this came to volition. It's the open mic. I'm willing, I, you, can, you can drop me in the middle of the Middle East, and I promise you in seven days, there'll be an open mic somewhere in some bar. And what we have, my friend, and what we have that can travel is that we speak English and everyone in the world knows English is money. If I can learn how to speak English and I can understand the idioms and the quotes and the colloquialisms and understand how to speak this language, that they are willing to donate. I had a national uh, show called, a uh, touring show in Israel. It was called Anglit uh, Bavakasha, which means English, please. And it was a whole show with people who just wanted to turn, they all had, they're all headlining acts. And I took some of it and turned it into five minutes of, you can go to New York now and try your luck. You know, they'll understand this. That's what I did. And they they didn't get paid because I was working quite hard to make them make sense. And so the last guy who was so against it and he thought he was doing his shtick uh, wouldn't speak English. So the last five minutes, the guy, I think he's making, I don't speak Hebrew. Say, so I think he's making fun of English and saying, why would we conform? We should speak Hebrew and screw the rest of the world. We should bomb everybody and Israel should be the best. I'm pretty sure that's what he's saying. And I go, I don't know what he was saying, but he was just barking like a dog. Right, folks? <laughs> And that was the punchline. I was in Jerusalem the same day the Pope was in town, the one that almost got killed, the, the first one in 99. And uh, I don't know how big his crowd was. It was 350 million people. Anyway, so I don't know how big his crowd was, but uh, I had about, you know, 30. I was doing pretty good. 
<laughs> 30 individual people. Yeah, that's, that's, that, and that's the point. Meaning I'm happy to perform for 10. I'm happy to perform for five. I'm actually pretty happy to perform for one because getting it out the first time is easy. I'll probably not do the same material I would have done for that one person that I would have done for the 10 or I've done for the 20. I'd like to see you work a group, work a crowd. Yeah, like yeah. You know, it, it, the problem is it doesn't pay enough for it to be worthwhile because you're not honing that craft anymore. It's, you're doing it for the purpose of. And that's what this is. Uh, again, uh, I don't have to go anywhere, but uh, <laughs> I, I'm happy to share. That's actually part of the gig, I think, as well. I think most people who would claim themselves to be artists are sharing parts of themselves to the point where I think it's detrimental and they could die. Uh, as I was saying, the, the performer, at least the comedian, is part philosopher, and then he becomes part court jester, and which I enjoy about that. And I, is this, this is a rated X, right? There's no kids listening. No, yeah, no. I yeah, mean, yeah. Well, there's that, a disclaimer. That's punchline. Good. Well, okay, good. Well... I mean, there's no disclaimer, but I think, um. I don't know. I, I, I might let my kids listen to this. So that's what they say. But, uh, yeah, so the court jester is the only person that can also wear the king's crown without being beheaded. Anybody actually takes the crown, puts it on their head in any royal kingdom, they get beheaded. That's the rule of the royal kingdom. Uh, except for the court jester. He can put it on and act dokity dokity. That's the power of comedy. You can control the king. So as long as you can control the king, then I'm, I actually saw myself as a court jester in rule of looking for his king, of someone who is so powerful, in fact, that when I put on his crown, spadoom, and that's basically what I did, right? Uh, the king of comedy one, uh, Mark Breslin had, had the longest chain of comedy clubs, and I wasn't, I wasn't a stand-up comedian. So I started my own variety stages and all of them variety and every stand-up comedian hated me because I just wanted plate spinners and people to play guitar and they're like, where's the comedy? Where's the comedy? And I'm like, well, the comedy is the spritzing in between. You can write a joke and jokes are great and you can write a bunch of them, put them together and make an act. That's fantastic. But don't you want more than that? Like how, how many hours or minutes of guy talking at you do you want? Don't you want to see someone with talent at some point? Well... Did you hear what I just said? Yeah. Talent. I mean, they, it's, it's, again, it's so subjective and one artist is going to think another art form that differs from them. Comedians think they need to actually be drunk and falling down and depressed to be that person on stage some, versus knowing you are an artist. Some think that because write it of down. the people before them. Yes. So stop it. We got to stop it right now. If you are funny and you have funny jokes, write the funny jokes down and repeat them sober. You don't have to be not sober. And I'm not, I'm not professing anything other than I want them to be healthy and I want our entertainers to be healthy. And it looks like it's a detriment. And when I heard Ben, when I, we, out there with Melissa DeMarco interviewed Ben Kingsley, he actually stopped the interview to look at cameras to say, I don't know who told the artist you have to be in a bad place right. to give your best work. This is not right. You need to be in a happy place to give your best work. And there needs to be more people. And coming from Ben like Kingsley yeah. is Ben Kingsley. So I don't want to, you know, put words in anyone's mouth, but this is what was said to me. So so now that you have a platform, right, my next, cast yep, network. My next thing was going to be either pod people, like what we are, in spaces. So we can invite any pod people to spaces, which would be my pitch to you that our, our company should do that. We'll link to each other and we'll make to see what our reach can be for that. And just try it out. We're talking 13 weeks of shows and it can be done in a year and a month. Like we can do one a month if that's your schedule fitting because we have so much on the go. The other one that I'm really pissed off about is the ratio of men versus women of who I speak to. And I, when I looked over the course of my work, I'm talking to more men than women. And I'm like, I'm irked with myself. And now I'm, even though it's funny to say live from my bedroom, women. So I think I'm going to actually, I really very much want that to be, <laughs> what woman's going to be in my bedroom today? This is great for me. It's a fun little hook. I don't even want my kids there. Why do you think you talk 
to more men than women in general. I think I had to strike up a conversation with a man I will not end up in sex and me losing my wife in my home. To strike up an interesting conversation with a woman might be misleading. Fair. So I like gay women. And then these are the people that I, either you're in Montreal and I can't reach you and you can't reach me. That's why Skype really works very well. I, I think women. I think I would like to reach out and talk to 13 women, schedule 13 women. I already have five on my list, uh, including an Ophira Eisenberg, who is a Canadian uh, icon now. She now started her own dealio off in, uh, off in the States. And she has basically what we have on radio and doing the same thing. And I really want to talk to her. Uh, Martha Chavez, uh, again, I met her in 99 at the X for, uh, Just for Last Festival when I was performing. And uh, I was the headliner. And John Wing Jr., who I talked to on my uh, on my podcast, Palm Cast, and uh, Martha Chavez, both showed up. And if you don't understand, you go first. <laughs> They're headliners. You, you don't follow. You don't follow them. But I do. I would, in fact, like to have followed them. It's it's actually the energy is up. People think it's backwards. You know, like, oh, how do you follow someone who's so funny? You're like, well, no. The audience is now prepared for someone who's that funny. Like, bring it out and. Sad part of comedy, true comedy, is you actually have to beat the hell out of the guy in front of you to own the wave that he just made. Like, um, who's the biggest comedian you can think of? Think Louis C.K. I was just going to say Louis C.K. So Louis C.K. comes out and goes, <laughs> and now Adam Powell. Okay, hey, Louis C.K. Luckily, he took time out of uh, wiping his ass with $100 bills, huh? Fair. I know, He's got yeah, more yeah. money than all of us. And he came out here and just basically just rubbed it in our faces, that fucking ginger piece of shit. Anyway, has anyone else been on the show? Probably not. Only helps his friends, that big cunt. His wife had to leave him too. So anyways, I got this act. String. That's what you have to do. And it's, ah. Uh, so that's why I don't do Knocking clubs people anymore. Off you have pedestal. to. Oh, yeah. You have to. It's, it's a club thing. I mean, I do appreciate when comedians. It's a congealed act too, though. Because he's not pissed off at no, me. Of he knows not. I have to own the stage. And I feel like, I mean, you and I frequent some comedy shows and that happens quite a bit. And that's kind of a boys club aspect to the comedy scene, especially in this city. But I do appreciate the smarter, more polite, you know, comedy that takes a little bit more thinking instead of, haha, that's funny, I made fun of you, or haha, I, I knocked you down a peg for everyone else. You need David Mary. That's why I love David Mary. You're laughing your ass off and no one's getting hurt. That's the most important. Stephen Wright, who got hurt? The reason I would never tell people I'm not a comedian, and I'll own that forever, but I'm not a stand-up, because comedians have a power that that no one else has in the world. I don't care if you're a storyteller, I don't care what you are, you're wearing the king's crown. So with that, you can walk into a party. You, my friend, can walk into a park. You can go in, you can shit on the couch, piss all over the drapes, and fuck the host's wife while her face is in the punch bowl. And this guy is going to go, what the fuck is going on? And then someone will tap him on the shoulder and say, he's a comedian. And he'll start to laugh. And you you think that's okay? No, I'm telling you that with the power of Grayskull, I'm not giving you my fucking sword, man. I'm a storyteller, interesting human being, but I'm not so depressed. Parents never hit me. I don't have a drinking problem. Here's the thing. Uh, you're not allowed to say all those things. You know that? You have to pretend that you have all these problems where people don't want to listen to you. Never did drugs in his life. Ever. But I'm pretty sure every stupid person on the planet thinks they did. Because they don't understand the idea of movie magic, which I've been producing since I was eight. No one's ever lied to me on TV. The news lies to you. Everything can lie to you. Right now, we're actually on the space shuttle, folks. We are. Believe me. Well, 
maybe we can definitely get some sort of science center space shuttle. <laughs> Dude, I don't understand why we get a million dollars to get yeah. that asshole from Virgin to launch us in the space and, and we do be, a thing. Uh, the ep- first podcast from space. That'll be one of hey, the hold episodes on. If we both jump spaces. at the same time. This would be the first. Seriously, if we both are the pod, we're both on. We're like this at the same time. It's the first podcast in space. And that might be the clip. And I think that uh, this should be one of your spaces. For one of your uh, I don't know. upcoming podcast Maybe. space ideas. You told me that the podcast pod people idea was uh, too meta. You didn't think that people who are interested in the podcast community would tune in. I couldn't get 10 people to listen, which I told you is my, my scoop, right? If I get 10 people to listen, then they tell 10 people. And what are you selling in the neighborhood? And then you have a click to. And if one person buys, you're an advertiser. You're in advertising now. I, you know, I didn't hear you break for one commercial break this whole time. So like, we are in advertising. And uh, sadly, the content is only to facilitate the advertising. Yeah. I mean, right now we're trying to be as independent and we're sponsored independently currently by someone who doesn't need to be named. <laughs> now, that is some Illuminati shit Well, right there. it's just like a, <laughs> it's, some, you know. You know what you did on the show now? And, and start with that? Alan Park. Just start with that. By the way, we're having a cast here, but we don't need to tell you where the money is like coming Art from. Or like Bell or George Nori. Uh, oh, George Nori. Well, See? He, these are people on my list too. Like, why? I want to risk. I want. I started a list of radio broadcasters, like who are in radio, still making money doing their thing. I started a list of podcasters, and I wanted them both to kind. They need to both be on the list. And guess what? They're all men, except for Lisa. Well, hopefully, we can facilitate more women. Yeah, the women ones are so like date fail. I, I'm. Um, I, I I like women, but there's the, the thing is so specific that I don't even know what to do for them. Like Amanda Day. She has, she, she has a, she has one, but I don't know. Do you know of a bunch? That's two. I mean, I know, I mean, a lot of men can't shut up, it seems, where women might aren't, maybe aren't putting them, like just in comedy. How many female comedians are there versus how many male comedians there are? I mean, it's, it's super, it, it's super saturated. Like, uh, so I think the woman thing would really be good for me and the broadcasting thing. I just don't think I can put the two together because I don't think I can find 13 women in broadcast. Is that crazy? No, I mean, I, the crazy. radio world, I find, you know, AM640, Indy88, a lot of... Who am I calling? Marilyn Dennis? No, I'm being serious. No, I understand. Um, well, there are television people as well. Marilyn Dennis, Tracy Moore. But, she's, but for me, she's radio. Right. But I mean, she does... No, I, yeah, but are, have you ever in the life of your life ever seen that program? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to work on it, actually. So... Um, Hold on. You used to work for City... We're on City. Out there with most of the Marcos on City. Right. Yeah. So, you no longer work for City. No, no. Because they were one of the people that didn't want to pay anybody ever. I worked... Uh, they as, did really well for like three years. I worked when Much and CTV split. That's a long time ago. I know. So, I worked when Breakfast Television was still in 299 Queen. And I worked on Breakfast Television. And then I would set up uh, some did, Maryland did stuff. Did they have the Speaker's Corner? Did they still have the Speaker's Corner? You know what? That was... I Pre- was not Speaker's there. Corner? I was post-Speaker's Corner. It was not there anymore? I mean, it's there... Is it? But it I doesn't. The box was, I the maybe they was probably, oh, yeah, they probably got rid of the that box. That was a great idea. I was there when it, it, you could still kind of sit in the box, but it didn't do anything. Like it wasn't a functioning speaker's corner. It was a urinal. Yeah. By the way, I did a short there, right? Where I guess the guy's reaching out, toilet paper, 
Yeah, that's funny. Well, that's all I had was a short. It was before Vine. So, I had no place to... Yeah, I know. It's amazing how uh, technology has given us a, a place to put these things, but it still hasn't. Like, I mean, there's placeholders, but it doesn't mean that's where these things should go. No, you've just actually... That's the that's the thing. The problem is we can't get people who are actually sitting at home because uh, people who are working aren't sitting at home. Uh, people over the age of 60 are sitting at home. They do not know how to turn on the computer that's right. and find this. But if we would collectively... Well, I should probably write this down, but I think it's a pretty good idea. So, I'm just going to... Yeah, I think we'd probably have to go that way. It, we have to find the actual medium that they're a company to. Like back in the day, it used to be, get away from the radio. I'm trying to watch the radio. That thought should burn something into your head as someone who's into communication. Can you get your head away? I can't see the radio. That happened. That's no, a thing. Fair. I, I, well, no, fair. But you need, I've asked everybody what they think that is and, and I've had some crazy answers. It's amazing how that visceral connection you have to the thing that's broadcasting to you, whether it be radio or television, it's that connection you have. You know, you sat around just like fire, like we, we talked about before. It's that visceral connection that you have to this, you know, light source, this heat source, this source. And same with, with broadcast in general, you yeah, know. Yeah, but it's also telling a story. I mean, fires are telling a story. Yeah, they are. Yeah, it has an arc. I mean, yeah, no. I mean, I'm, 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 I totally think they're of the same form. Hold on, they have their own you know, channel. I believe right. the fireplace has saying, its own channel. Right, right, right. I know you're being literal now, but no, it's true. But in, in, in all <laughs> essence, it, this kind of unit of of connection, whether it be a fire or the actual radio or the television, it, it's amazing how these placeholders evolve. But what goes into them is not dictated, you know, by us it's dictated by the advertisers it's dictated by the people who own the wood that own the no, and ability that's why to start we're, no, flame. no no that's why we're here because i've been to vegas no that is why we're we, here we're a talking buffet to yeah. someone who wants us just to talk for them Absolutely. and now i did not press a stopwatch this clip can be as long as we want we are not under someone's format yeah, look, and uh, form or function and look at netflix you know you can release a 10 episode season and every episode can be different I will lengths watch, yeah the problem is with an arcing of an episode is that you get to arc a full season and the first three suck because they're just getting you in and they're allowed to just get you in they had a pilot that sold them and then they have these three that get you in and then normally if you're in you're in but you have to get through those first three almost in anything that's truly arced properly where at the end you're cliff hung and you want to be in breaking bad all of them, Man, all of them. and, and you're like when people Weeds. told me it's the best show ever you, you you have your thumbs one's in your eye and one's up your ass because you can't believe your friends did this to you yeah right because they're not arced individually but then it out there with melissa demarco every episode is arc. We're in our 11th season making shows and we don't have the, hey, the first three get the suck. We're going somewhere. You're past that point. No, no, no. Every episode is like The Simpsons where it has to, no one ever changes. Lisa never gets older. She's always in grade two. And that's where we're, where I'm living now with Melissa DeMarco's show, which is, you know, going again with its new season. Palmcast as of July, July 17th, looking for new endeavors. So hopefully for that. Daddy's Home. I have a lot of people on the table now that want to be a part of that because it's an interesting cup. Of that's another show Adam's looking to feature. Yep. Daddy's Home.com. Uh, da sorry. Daddy's Home.com was with uh, Freddie, Jason Freddie Fredrickson, who Who's in, Cal uh, who's in Calgary. He's five children. He's a single man. And I've been trying to get us uh, brought to you by Match.com. So I'm reaching out to those people. Please, if you hear this, call me. Because clearly it's hard. Your receptionist is tough to get by. Well, plug your, your contact information. Oh, for me personally. Yeah, well, it's, it's uh, palmcastnetwork at outlook.com. Uh, Please reach out to me there. That's my uh, my website to reach out to. On the cast, on the site, it's there right now. You can hear the NSN uh, conversation, which is you, uh, clearly saying this is, we're doing it for love and it's worthwhile. I believe that's the clip and that's where we're here to just, just auto-confirm. And you said it's too meta and I, I think there's an audience for people who want to just, how do I set up that microphone? 
There's only one way to figure it out. And let's do this again. Let's have you on. Ross Never Sleeps. I want to thank Adam Powell, a very electric guest. I would say manic because uh, I can't go on my meds while I have to drive. So, so you have me at full uh, Pan Am Games, uh, Pan Am Games, right? I got my HOV lane. I mean, I had to get here with uh, anyone. And if you want to travel in Toronto, give yourself an extra hour. Absolutely. I, it's kind of ridiculous, especially nowadays. It, it's amazing how the city will stop for something, you know, like the Pan Am Games, which, you know, there's a lot of reasons why to, to have it. But, you know, on the other side, Toronto will close it for the smallest things and will make the lives of everybody, the lives of, of all these patrons and people that try to live their city on the weekends. But that's a that's a different tangent altogether. And we should definitely have a more calm, cool, collected uh, chat. Cool is the word yeah, I use. Cool. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Melissa DeMarco, ad- actress in the movies, also a host. She's amazing. Show. I do have a lot of big appreciation. She has a lot her. of things going on. Uh, she is if you don't mind me saying, the Louis C.K. of Canada. She gets no notes from the network and she is the executive producer. Wow. No, that's what Who you need to know. Known? Yeah. Yeah, she makes what she wants. If you have an idea that is so electronic, recognize if it's if it, it needs to be said. And how do we electric. watch her? Pardon? How do we see her? What? what yeah, so she, yeah. she's, uh, it's Saturdays, uh, 7 o'clock and 7.30. It's a double episode. Uh, AM or PM? PM. PM. It's it's on PM, but I, I, we are always all over the place. Syndicated on, uh, a little bit. We're, yeah, sure, we're on Out TV for the gay community. Sure. Uh, also, uh, Omni always uh, Thursdays. No longer before David Letterman. I'm actually not too sure what the hell's going on there. I'm hoping Colbert. Did you see the Colbert thing? He's amazing. Did you see the Colbert yeah, thing about I've him being in all. Michigan? I've no, seen, no, he yeah, just went yeah, to Michigan yeah, yeah. for 42 minutes. He interviewed Marshall Mathers. Yes. It was incredible. And he's like, are you being serious right now? <laughs> you being yeah, serious? They talked about like Bob Seger or something <laughs> it was like awesome. that. It, it was awesome. He didn't even know what song. One song. Yeah, yeah. I'll give you, I'll give you a softball. You know, I, Eminem, I'm not a huge rap guy, but no, I saw I'm him perform. I'm a fan of Eminem. He, Eminem's one of the best performers and artists I've seen in a long time. You are... Dude, Eminem is Eminem. Are we going to end that on, on, on our appreciation for, for Eminem? <laughs> That's, that would be weird, right? Every Friday night, look for a show every Friday night on the Palmcast Network. Yeah. Palmcastnetwork.com. Daddy's home. That's about it. And live hopefully, from my bedroom, yep, online. My bedroom. Yep. And out there with Melissa DeMarco. You know, you're a busy dude. Yep, 2028. Look for those live yeah, shows. Yeah, the RV that's traveling uh, yeah, yeah, no, it's going to be a traveling uh, RV, which would be live North shows America. at campgrounds. Uh, I want to. I, I would like to stay in Canada, but okay. my, wife, my wife is saying, let's book our Arizona. Yeah. Anyway, yeah little you Arizona. Wanna, yeah, the, the coast is a beautiful Arizona RV trip. Arizona doesn't have any coast, I don't no, think. No, but like to get to there, you could go the West Coast Never route. going to California. Oh, yeah. Unless yeah, we have to talk about that, too. You have a little never this disdain going. for L.A. Not, if you're not invited, I ain't going. Who's going to a party they don't go to? Wedding crashers. I'm not right. a wedding. Yeah. Well, Adam, thank you. Again, I can't thank you enough. We're going to have you on soon. Sure. You have so much going on. We're definitely going to hear from you again. Yeah, support and, and supporters, see. by the way. That's go right. out there and support your local entertainers. If there's a live show going on at your, co- your corner bar and it's a pay what you can, pay what you can. All right? Ross Never Sleepers. Sleep tight. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com. 